Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. If the gifts are beneficial and helpful and edifying and, and powerful, we want to find that place in the middle where we don't do the weird stuff out of balance with the word. We don't go way over here where we just don't deal with it at all. We want to be right here in the sweet spot where we want to deal with the gifts and exercise the gifts and use the gifts as, as much as God will grant us the gifts in a way that edifies the whole body and glorifies God. That's the sweet place. That's where we want to end up at. Not shying away from it, but saying, God, show us, show us how it's done biblically so we can be about that. God gave us the spiritual gifts for our benefit and His glory. It may seem easier just to avoid them for the sake of not inciting arguments or divisions. But if you act in one of the Spirit's primary gifts, love, and you approach the issue with grace and submission to the Holy Spirit, you can find His truth and wisdom and how to approach them. As Pastor Bill will encourage us in today's message, when we seek the Holy Spirit and put each other over ourselves, we can thrive in the gifts He gives. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. My spirit bears witness with you. I believe this is from the Lord because I've had people come say stuff and it's at the hearing of it, it was like, I don't, I don't receive that. I just, I think like you just made something up. Um, somebody told me when my wife was pregnant with Benjamin, um, and you guys know the biblical story, um, the, you know, Benjamin's mom, when she gave birth to him, she passed away and my wife was pregnant with Benjamin. I was excited. I, I had got a word. I knew it was a son. I was, you know, it was all this stuff, you know, there was the God had given us, you know, as far as Billy and BJ and what God was doing. And it was a sweet time. And this woman came and said, you know, that, you know, she's like, really sorry, but I really feel like this is the Lord saying that, you know, basically tell me my wife's going to die. And I never shared that with my wife because why would I? But as I heard it, I was like, I can't wait for us to have that baby so I can come back. It was like, why would you even say something? like I don't even know where that came from or what part of nastiness in your own heart would bring that out. But, you know, sure enough, BJ was born. Name no complications. We had a happy, slappy, good time. And I couldn't wait. And I finally saw that woman. I just said, I did. I just rebuked her. And I said, you know, whatever, whatever place, like, don't you ever speak. Of, now you, one, you lied on God. A really serious lie. I'm glad I didn't tell my wife. Glad I didn't lose no sleep over it either. But look, why would you say something like, where did that come from? What kind of mess is that? And I'm going to let people know. Don't listen to her. She lie on God, nasty lies, bad lies, you know. And um, anyway, while we want to be open to the working of the spirit, uh, we also test things. And, you know, you don't get to do that to me more than once. You know, there are people that their track record with me is, is money. You know, I believe that God does move in their life in a certain way. And if they say something to me, I'm all ears. I'm, 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 I'm tuned in, you know. Um, there are people that they don't have, they can't tell me nothing, you know. I hope God don't give them a word because they track record so raggedy, um, not really open to hearing. You don't get to lie on God to me multiple times. Um, and you, you classify, you know. In the Old Testament, if you lied on God, what happened? You got stoned. I can't stone you, but I'm going to stop listening to you and plug my ears up. So, so we need to be mindful of that, right? If God give a word, then the word have to come to pass every bit of it. All the word that he said have to come to pass. Or if that wasn't from the Lord. And the person said it needs to be brought into account. Um, and so, again, I'm giving this tension of while I'm trying to encourage people that maybe being, you know, have a word, 
You don't have to come out and say, thus saith the Lord. Thou. You can say, I believe God is speaking to me and I'm, I'm really trying to get clarification myself. And so I'm sharing this with you, you know, and usually if it's a word from the Lord, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, it's either it's either hit or miss. It happens or it doesn't. Either was what God said or it wasn't. And so that person can be given clarification. So a word of knowledge, again, it's, it's, uh, it's the ability to know something that it could not have been known otherwise. And there are times in the word where, you know, God will be working on both ends. It's, you know, God is speaking to, to Peter um, about going to the, to the, you know, Simon the Tanner's house. And God is speaking to him and giving him insight on his end and telling him what he's going to go into. And, and then God's telling them on their end, you're going to come to this guy's house and, and he's spoken on both ends and given them both information supernaturally before they ever met. God told them what was going to happen, who was going to be there, what was going to need to happen. Um, and it was it was clarification. It was a work of God. He worked on both ends. Um, I don't want to become the church that or even the Christian that is so weary of the false that I don't even really receive or I'm open to the truth. And that's what takes place sometimes. We can look at kooky church and look at that. I, I so don't want to be identified with that, that I swing the pendulum all the way over here to where I just don't mess with it at all. Yeah. And in that case, the enemy gets a victory because if the gifts are beneficial and helpful and edifying and, and powerful, we want to find that place in the middle where we don't do the weird stuff out of balance with the word. We don't go way over here where we just don't deal with it at all. We want to be right here in the sweet spot where we want to deal with the gifts and exercise the gifts and use the gifts as, as much as God will grant us the gifts in a way that edifies the whole body and glorifies God. That's the sweet place. That's where we want to end up at. Not shying away from it, but saying, God, show us, show us how it's done biblically so we can be about that. And that's that's my heart for us as a fellowship. I don't want to shy away from the gifts because then we, we, we lose out We're, we become a weaker church. Uh, we want to we want to be God. I want to be right right down the middle. Let me I want everything you got, Lord. Uh, and I want us to operate in it. I want it to be I want to glorify you. And I want people to be supernaturally edified. You know, I want people to leave here just saying, man, I was just ministered to. And like I said, sometimes when it comes to body ministry and the work of the spirit, there are things that God does just as we interact. We ain't even I mean, just just as we interact with one another. God's moving and God's doing things. How sweet is that? That just us coming together with each other would just be supernaturally edifying to one another. Um, and, and, and it requires, though, everybody coming saying, God, this is who I am and this is what you're giving me and I'm yielded to you. Um, have your way. You know, tell me what to do with these things. I'll do them. So word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, again, a supernatural word as far as just information that you could not have otherwise known. Look at verse nine to another. It says faith or someone say the gift of faith. By the same spirit. Now, everybody has a measure of faith. So every Christian, you have a measure of faith that you, you have. And that's how we come to the Lord. But there's a, a gift of faith. This is supernatural. Um, it's not normal faith. It's, it's faith to believe God for, you know, it, it sometimes as I look at it in scripture, it's, it's in a moment. It's in an instant that this person has faith at that moment that God was going to do this. I think of um, in Acts, uh, you know, three where Peter and John are going to prayer. Uh, they're going to the temple to pray. And there's a guy out there that begs every day. Um, he's probably been there every day, you know, and he's out there that day. And he's, he's begging for alms. And it says they turned and they looked at him. And the guy thought he was about to get some get broke off. He thought he was about to get some money. And they said, silver and gold have we. And this guy's laid down on a mat. Silver and gold have I none. 
But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, says, rise up and walk. And, he, and it says, Peter reached down, took dude by the hand and pulled him up. That, that takes faith. Uh, I pray for somebody and it's like, I'm, I'm waiting to see, did it, did it work? You know, Lord, heal him. And, you know, I'm just, I mean, I don't, I don't know yet. You know, I don't, it, it would take faith to say, this dude's crippled. It's not like he got a limp. It's not like he got a busted knee. He cannot. He's been laying here every day. This He's a fixture in the community. He is absolutely crippled. And to, to reach out and say, man, get up and walk and pull the dude up. That's faith. It's a gift of faith. That's supernatural faith. But God gave it to him. He operated in it. And so once again, and this is what we have to realize with all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, too. Every gift of the Holy Spirit requires faith to instigate, to initiate. The, the, any gift. It, you have to operate some level of faith to do it. If God gives you a word of wisdom, you got enough faith to speak it. God gives you a word of knowledge, enough faith to say it. God gives you the gift of faith. You got to exercise it to see what God would do. There are things that we can never experience outside of faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. That he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Um, that's that's where real faith is. God, believe your word. I trust in you. I'll do the things you tell me to do. I'll rely upon you and not myself. God, I believe in you. And so every single gift, even tongues, you know, and we'll get all into that later. But we I, if, if God, I speak in tongues, I pray in tongues. It, it, I, it, to, when I initially was praying and, and asking God what that was and how that works, it was it's it's in my natural mind. It's like it's it's. You know, I have to yield. I have to, I have to allow God to, you know, God giving me phrases and things and I'm just speaking them out. That's by faith. Um, just God, I believe that this is from you. I believe this is of you. It's from you. Um, it's not it's not according to my intellect. It's faith. And with every other thing, there are things that God will give you at some point. It, it's got you got to operate in faith and say, God, I'm just I'm going to obey. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And if you won't operate in faith, none of the gifts will be uh, manifest in your life. Because every single gift, you could have it. You could be sitting there with that knowledge and with that wisdom and with that whatever. And it's like, no, never operate in faith to bring it to pass. You got to operate in faith. God gave you to get to teach. You got to have enough faith to step up and do it sometime. Um, God gave you to get to evangelism. You got enough faith to step out and share the gospel to see it work. None of the gifts work by default. You don't just have it. And it just, you know, some people want the Holy Spirit to take them over and just kind of make it happen. It's, it's it, Holy Spirit doesn't take us over. We yield to the work of the Holy Spirit. That's another lie in the church. Holy Spirit just take people over, make them do stuff, you know, like, and it's like a possession. Holy Spirit can fill your life. You know what it means to be filled? It's to be yielded. Um, if I'm saying, God, fill me with the Spirit, I'm, I'm also saying that I'm going to yield to you. When, when Paul said in Ephesians, don't be drunk with wine where it is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, the word filled is a nautical term. It's a boating term. It's the, it's the air, the wind that fills a sail of a sailboat, gives it power, and gives it direction. But that 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 sail that sail of the sailboat's gotta be he's gotta be yielded to the wind. The wind, let the wind fill it and move it. And so God, I say, God, fill me. I'm saying, God, I'm yielding to you. Give me power and direction. I'm going. Wherever you lead me, you have your way. Um, it's not some magical fill with your spirit and I'm looking for some wham, some some kazoo moment. You know, it's a it's a it's a participation. We yield to the Holy Spirit in our lives. Moving on, so the gift of faith says by the by the same spirit and it's it's um while you know while faith is a as a part of every believer's life we all have a measure of faith this is the gift of faith it's a unique 
ability to trust God against all circumstances, against, you know, even what you could see right, right in front of you. And this, uh, another illustration that would be like Peter when he walked on the water, you know, Lord said, you know, he said, he said, can I come out? He said, come on. And Peter walked out. That's, you know, you, you never walked on water before. You ain't never seen nobody else but Jesus. And, you know, to, to be able to do that, that was that was faith. Peter just said, OK, and he stepped out. And then when he saw the waves and the wind, he got shook. But but at least he walked on it. You know, he got out there. So to another faith by the same spirit. Next, next part of verse nine to another gifts of healings by the same spirit. Here's another one that's grossly abused on television ministries and whatnot. Um, notice it said gifts of healings. And I, I want to point this out. I, I don't know that any man has possesses. I got the gift of healing. And if a man did, right, if I had the gift of healing where I could just go and anybody be healed, I'm going to go to Children's Hospital and empty that place. I'll go to every cancer center, center in America and just empty the walls. Yes, if that was how it worked. But when you look at the gift of healing, Jesus operated healing through him. There are times where Jesus walked through a town and everybody was healed and delivered. Then on his way back, he walks through and there's the dude at the pool where everybody at the pool is, is diseased, sick and messed up. And he healed one guy, just one guy. Everybody else got left there. Didn't heal everybody. Uh, everywhere he went, everybody didn't get healed. But, but when it was according to his purpose, people did get healed. Sometimes we read the gospel. We think, man, everybody everywhere all the time, 24 seven got healed. No. Sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't, sometimes they didn't lack faith, sometimes they didn't fit God's purpose. Everybody didn't get healed. As you come into the early church, everybody didn't get healed. Paul didn't heal Timothy. He said, drink a little wine for your stomach. Why he didn't just heal? He healed other people, right? It's not a gift that works like that's not something you possess whenever you want. And so these guys throwing up, you know, um, you know, inviting people to come out to the convention center and charging for an interest fee and having fake people come up there for fake healings. And I, this is a crazy thing. They, they've done secular entities, CNN, 2020. They've done, they've done, they've, they've investigated these people where they've gone. They're like, hey, we, we brought a, there's a lady that flew out here from another state because her daughter has an ailment and she wants to be healed. They passed them kids right over. They got they stage people. And then as they're there following the, the thing around, they're like, wow, the same person that was in Texas is at the convention in L.A. was at the other one over here. They got people on the payroll that they come and gimp up on the stage. And these are all non-doctor confirmed, you know, healings. They'll come up and someone says, yes, I've had this issue on my back, something you can't see. And they pray and throw them down and yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get back up and, and it's, it's gone. I feel great. And they make them run around and everybody's like, yay. But but and, and I'm saying and this is really sad because in the midst of all that, there are people that that believe what these guys are saying. And guess who they feel let down by? Ultimately, I feel like God let them down. These guys have so misrepresented God, making people believe that God will heal everybody. So then why come he didn't heal my baby? My baby died. Why God do that to me? If he could heal everybody, he's willing to heal everybody. Right. When you misrepresent God that way. You hurt people. Some people hurt people from, from looking to him, right? I keep it real. God's not going to heal everybody. That's not his will to heal everybody. God desires to save everybody. 
Right. That's what he said. His stated will in the word is that he is not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. And if you get saved, no matter how sick you are on earth, when you get to heaven, won't nobody be sick. You'll be healed then. Right. That, so we all can be healed in that sense. Right. But on earth, it's not his will to heal her. I got to go to heaven somehow. So I don't know how I got to get sick and die. I, I got to get there. Death is how I'm going to get there. So. I mean, you know, I can't be healthy forever. I can't live forever. I got to go to heaven, y'all. And, and, and for most people, you live long and you get old and your body starts breaking down. These tents are, you know, they're tents. They're temporary dwellings. They start breaking down. You eventually die. That's how you get to heaven. That's okay. That's all right. That's the Bible. You know, the, the apostles died. The Christians died. They got to heaven. People that love God, knew God, died and went to heaven. And so we can't give people that, that notion. But there are times where it suits God's purpose they would heal. And it's an amazing thing. Um, and, and again, I, I look at the abuse. I look at the gifts that are most abused and I think, man, it feels like the enemy takes them and abuses them so that the body doesn't receive from them the way that we could or should. And so um, when you think about faith healers, even non-believers, you know, faith, it just sounds kooky and weird. You know, you think of these guys with the funny hairdos swinging around coats and they're making videos online now and making like video games and the guy swinging his coats and it's making video game noises and oh, are you kicking? Guys are falling down. And it's, it's that ridiculous, the things that are going on. But, 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 but understand, there are, God does heal, right? There, there are times where God will... God shows up in a way where God, God supernaturally heals people when he sees fit, when it, when it fits his will. Um, we should look for that. We should be open to that. When the Bible tells us in the church, and I think God does this for a reason, that, that, that no man would glory in it. God says, is there any sick among you? Bring them to who? The elders, right? Don't bring them to the past. Bring them to the elders. And let them anoint him with oil, pray over him, the prayer of faith will heal the sick, and there's any sin to be forgiven, right? Why does it come to the elders? You got multiple people praying, right? The goal isn't that one of the elders is, you know, I, I got to give God step, step back, step back. I got healing in my hands. You know, I'm gonna touch him. It's we're all just praying together, you know, the elders. Um, but who's the healer? Jesus. And so if 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 he's healed or he's delivered, it's not us. The Lord healed him. We give glory to God. It's no guy, it's no person, it's no man, it's Jesus. Jesus saw fit to move in his life in that way. And so I think there's wisdom in that, you know, just in, in allowing for it to happen in that way. So gifts of healings. And, and again, um, we saw this, see it in the early church. Um, I, I find it interesting that a lot of times in scripture where you see it manifest, it's when the church was in the midst of evangelism. It's when the church was going out. Um, it's not really in the gathering so much of the fellowship, uh, although I can think of an instance or two. I can think of the one guy that fell asleep and fell out the window and, and you know, because Paul was preaching long and, and then they had to, you know, they, he rose him back up. But for the most part, it was as they were out and about doing ministry. And so uh, a lot of times it, that, that's where it would suit God's purpose. That's where it would come into God's will. But gifts of healings are healings for the day. Yeah. God's still healing. Yeah. Is this, does God still move miraculously? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. When he wants to. Where the church has it wrong again is if I say everybody all the time, well, then, you know, we know that's not true. Um, and another group will say, well, no, there's no healings at all now. That's not true either. It's, it's this fine line in the middle, right? God, God does what he wants when he wants. Um, I don't tell God who to heal. I ask God, Lord, would you? God, if it's, if it's in line with your will. Now, we pray. For, we should pray for everybody. I'll say this. And we're, gonna, we're not going to go any further than this today, but we'll, we'll pick back up. We're here next time. I, I, I believe that 
it's wrong for Christians to look elsewhere first when there's a need for healing. Um, you get sick, you have some ailment, something going wrong in your physical body. First dib, first thing you should do is look to the Lord. We're not Jehovah's Witnesses. We're not saying you can't go to the hospital. You can't get a blood. Well, that's, that's fine. If that's God may use those, those terms, but have you at least prayed? You, is, is it the mindset that let's bring this to the Lord first? Like you got your kid got something going on. Somebody have something going on. Are we bringing them? Hey, bring them to the elders. Let us anoint them. We'll pray for them. You know, you got something going on. Are you just you've been if you got something going on? And I, I, I guess this is something we need to work on in, in our fellowship. You know, just um, with people being comfortable. Sometimes you tell people to come pray and people are like, well, I don't want to look like I'm all messed up. You know, you ain't got to be all messed up. You just could need some prayer. I, I'm sick. I, doctor said I got this going on. I got it. I'm ailing in this way. And so. You know, we want to we want to we want to do it. It's biblical that we would come to the elders and let them pray for you, anoint you with oil and prayer of faith to heal the sick and just, you know, give it to God first. You may end up still going to a doctor. Um, you know, God may still move in that way. And uh, but even in our families, you know, before you go to the medicine cabinet, do you pray. You guys stop and pray. Husbands and wives, you stop and pray over your kids. You stop and pray. I'm encouraging you guys not beating y'all up, but I'm saying let that be the pattern. You know, kids say, oh, dad, I got, look, come here, buddy. Let's pray. Put your hands on them and pray over them. Um, now, afterwards, if God don't heal them, you might go ahead and give them something, you know. Um, but but first, we're going to pray. You know, um, we've done that with Billy growing up. And um, with Billy, well, it's, his, it's his natural, you know, it's bent. If he sees a baby crying, he wants to touch his head and pray for him. Because that's that's in his mind. That's that's what you supposed. To, that's 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 gonna make it all better. That's gonna fix it, you know. And um, and I love that because in his simplicity, in his mind, if I'm hurting, I want my I, I bring them kids or pray for me. I know they believe, you know. And I let them let them lay hands and pray. But we, we want to operate in that. Uh, and sometimes, again, God will supernaturally heal. The times that I have witnessed healings, I, I will not lie. I was shocked because uh, I pray a lot. Of, I pray all the time. You know, I pray for people all the time. There have been times where. It must have suited God's purposes in that moment to heal supernaturally. And I've seen God do that. Um, and it wasn't like I, had, I, I can tell you right now, it wasn't my great faith because I was shocked. Uh, I was I was taken back. You know, I was like, whoa, wow, he did it. You know, like I, I could honestly say it wasn't like I prayed with great faith. I didn't pray with great expectancy. I just prayed in obedience because I know that's what I'm supposed to do. And in that instance, God moved. And so I'm, I'm, I'm I tend to believe because of that. That it has anything to do with my intensity, right? Do I got if I scream really loud, does God hear me better? You know, um, and that's, that's how people tend to do. You know, you come up with a cold, Lord just touches head, you help his cold go away. Somebody come up and say they got cancer, and you screaming, now help him, Lord, help. You know, we just like like you could scream out loud, and God will hear better, and it's a more anointed prayer. Same thing. Right. Saying, God, we just ask him, Lord, I don't know. I don't know what your will is here. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, you may have a purpose in the illness. Um, we want we would want to be healed. We're asking that you would heal him and we just give it to the Lord. See what he does. And so um, something I'd like you guys to do in the next and we're going to be we're going to be in the gift for several weeks. And I, I would like to encourage us as a body. Spend some time in these three chapters, reading through first Corinthians 12, 13, 14. Get familiar yourself with the stated gifts of the Holy Spirit function and operation and I want to encourage you guys as we come to fellowship that you guys, you, you guys would pray as you come. Pray for how God might want to use you as we gather together. And then hang out 
so he could, you know, be be around. Um, that you know, it's 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 when the body comes together. We got to go out and be out and around everybody else, you know. But when we come together, there are things that God does among us in our midst to strengthen us and to build us up. And we want to take advantage of it and be a part of it as well. Amen. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of 1 Corinthians is available to listen to again on our website. Just visit calvaryinglewood.org and click on media. Or you can download our mobile app to listen to more teachings. You'll find a link on our website. You can also search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest times and location information. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is CalvaryInglewood.org. As we looked into the book of 1 Corinthians, accountability and helping other believers strive for purity and commitment to God are topics that come to the surface. Although these things aren't always fun or easy, they're an incredible blessing to have in your life and in your church. So look to be involved and accountable wherever you're plugged in with other believers. If you notice that this ministry has been a blessing, even when it's convicted your heart in certain ways, we're glad that we can be a part of that. Would you be praying for a transforming word? As the messages go out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. We ask that you pray for ears to be opened, hearts to be softened, and for lives to be changed. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Bill again for another edition of A Transforming Word.